Uh, what I'd like to do tonight is just uh, read through a couple of portions that have to do with our eternal home. And uh, we've talked a lot about our temp the temporary heaven, which is absent from the body, presence with the Lord, uh, the fact that we'll have a tabernacle there that God will give us to store our soul in so we will have a body. But eventually, we will have a resurrected body in a new earth, which will probably be right back here on uh, this earth. Uh, I can't uh, really imagine what that's going to be like. I think it's going to be very similar to what God did in the Garden of Eden, although uh, it took him six days in that scenario to do uh, the initial creation. And Jesus said 2,000 years ago that I'm going to prepare a place for you. So if God did Eden in six days, what Jesus might do in 2,000 could be amazing. I, I, it's all amazing uh, to me. But let's read a little bit about what's going to happen between now and then, and then we'll uh, just kind of walk through this portion of Scripture. First, or Second Peter 3, verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition or destruction of ungodly men. In other words, right now God is holding all of the judgment that this earth is going to experience back. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but His long-suffering toward us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord, by the way, that always speaks of judgment in the Word of God, but it speaks of several different times the Lord is judged. The day of the Lord was also referred to when Babylon was used by God to judge His people. But in this case, and in this context, this will be final judgment of this world. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Global warming is coming. But God is going to decide when. It won't be man instituted. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Now think about verse 11 for just a second. He is telling us, Peter is reminding us that everything you're living for in this world is going to burn up one day. So you know what you should do? Live for the next. That's all he's saying. Live for the next. Live for the next. If you're living for a certain house and a certain car and a certain possession of any type, that's foolish because it's going to be dissolved. It's going to be burned up. Live for the next world. Okay? It's a good reminder. Verse 12, Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. This cosmos as we know it will burn from the sky to the earth. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In other words, there will be a new heaven and a new earth created which does not have 
the curse of sin upon it. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, are you looking for such things? You should be. Some folks are looking way too much at this world to please them. Why? Look to the next. Get excited, folks. It's, this is not the end. This isn't even close to the end. Wherefore, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Again, another emphasis on therefore live for the next world rather than for this one. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So after that first one's going to be burned up, God's going to make a new one. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. That's kind of sad, because we like the ocean on Guam. There won't be any. And I, John, saw the holy silly, new city, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Verse 16, talking about the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlong. A furlong is roughly 582 feet. There's 12,000 of them. It's over 6 million miles. Roughly, it's between 13 and a half, 1,400 square miles. That is from Detroit to Miami Square. Plenty of room for people in case you're worried with claustrophobia. By the way, you can fit the entire world in the state of Texas with less population density than Tokyo, which is pretty dense. But the point is that we are not running out of land, number one. And number two, the city of New Heaven will be plenty big enough for everyone. But not only that, let's, uh, let's move on to verse 22. There will be gates, and the, so there will be land outside the city. And I'll talk about that in just a second. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. By the way, this should remind you that light was created on day one. The sun wasn't created till day four. So God has always been light and never needed the sun. 
And it's, I'm not saying that it won't have a sun. I'm just saying we won't need it for light. Isn't that awesome? This is, this is going to be so amazing. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. So it's interesting that there will be kings of the earth. We might be some of those kings. God said that he would reward faithfulness by giving people ten cities or five cities. It's very likely that people will come and go from the gates that will live outside of the city as well, or at least will journey outside and, and that come, uh, come back. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Verse 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Another reminder, there would be no sin in that city. No, not even the propensity of sin will be in that city. So this heaven, or this new earth and new heaven, will be totally different from even the original one, which Satan had the propensity to sin, and Garden of Eden, obviously, with Adam and Eve. There will be no such thing as sin in this place. No sense, no even propensity for and he showed me a pure river of the water of life. So there would be water there, no ocean, no seas, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That will be the focus. That will be the central place in this city. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. And bare twelve manner fruits and yielded her fruit every month. Now that's an interesting phrase. So there will be some measure of time there. We'll get a different fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. Another reminder, no sin. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Wow. All you can do as you read that is go, wow. Because you know, the very first thing I think about is what did any of us do to deserve that? What did any of us do to deserve an eternity in a place like this with God, face to face with God, and being called His Son, Abba. Wow, our Father. <laughs> this world gives us a glimpse of the next one. Every wonder, every joy is an inkling of the wonders and joys to come. We will be with the source of all wonder and all Joy. You know how goofy we get sometimes? We actually get attached to the things of this world and wonder if they're going to be in heaven. I quit wondering if anything's going to be in heaven because whatever I would wonder about, it's going to be way better. Uh, on the other hand, you have gone places and with some kind of suspiciousness, like, is this going to be worth it? Is this going to be any good? 
And then you get there and you go like, wow, this was a lot better than I thought. You know what? Anything I could say is not going to even come close to what God has in store for us. Because my, be- my life since Christ has been way better than I thought it would ever be. That's how, that's how short I sell what I think. I don't know if you've read Chronicles of Narnia, but in the last battle, C.S. Lewis portrays Lucy as she mourns the loss of Narnia. And uh, the great world created by Aslan, I'm reading now from from, uh, this uh, commentary. But as she gets deeper into Aslan's country, she notices something totally unexpected. It was the unicorn who summed, summed up what everyone was feeling. He stamped his right forehoof on the ground and neighed and then cried, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I have been looking for all my life. Though I never knew it till now, the reason why we love the old Narnia is that sometimes it looked like this. C.S. Lewis called it the shadow lands, a copy of something that was once Eden and yet will be the new earth. I mentioned this before. You know, your best day, whatever you have seen on this world that captivated you, that, went, that just awed you, heaven will be more. That was just a foreshadowing of what we have in store. I cannot imagine a life without sin. I cannot imagine a body without restrictions. And those of you that get older and wake up with pain every day, or those of you that are younger and wake up every day in pain, when the Bible says there shall be no more pain, when you wake up with sorrow over poor decisions or dumb decisions, and you have had to live out some of those decisions, you will wake up in heaven with no more pain, no more regret, no more guilt. (laughs) Wow. You know, sometimes I don't even care what surrounds me. If I have those things, it doesn't matter. But then God gives us Himself the source of everything good. The Bible describes heaven as both a country and a city. I mentioned these gates that are there will allow us to come and go freely. And there will be plenty of room. Listen, you will not miss one thing you love about this earth. It will be yours on the new earth. God is no more done with this earth as he resurrects it and redoes it as he resurrects our body and redoes us. Everything will be a redo. Man. Uh, Each gate will enter probably a different country with different opportunities. Uh, Luke 19 Reminds us, let me, let me find it here. And he said unto him, Well done, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in very little, thou shalt have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. We will still have our name in heaven, the name that's in the Lamb's book of life. Our primary source of identity will remain. 
Matthew 8, uh, 11. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. When God refers specifically to the names of people like that that are in heaven, that means we will probably retain our name in heaven. And then, of course, he's going to give us another name. But in Matthew 26, um, reminds us also not only will we have names, but we will have the ability to eat and drink. Matthew 26, 29, But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth from this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So death is a relocation of the same person. So when the disciples, or, or John, um, Peter, James, and John saw Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, I don't know how they knew they were Moses and Elijah, but anyway, they were named, and names are always associated with identity. We will not know all of the answers to all of our questions because we will always be learning. And I think the best thing that we can take away from tonight is not necessarily about ourselves as saved individuals. But God has still, by His grace, given time so some more people can make reservations. <laughs> Aren't you glad for the day you made a reservation in heaven through the blood of Christ? You know what we need to do from this discussion? is not only stay excited about what's coming and not live for this earth because it's all going to burn up, but we need to help as many people as we can get to this place through our witness and our testimony. You know, everything you hear, everything God's doing in your life, everything you know about yourself and about God should be used as a witnessing opportunity. And, and just, just look for opportunities. But in the meantime, just think of the next life and, and bring the joy with you. Let your kids see it. Let your neighbors see it. Let your workmates see it. Let your church members see it. But man, this is an awesome future that we have. And we do not have to be grumpy about this life. Just get excited about the next one. So when pain comes, and all that stuff comes to this body, it's just a great reminder that I'm getting a new one. Yeah! You know what? If you had some old dumpy car, and you were getting a new one next week, and some guy ran into it, you go, go ahead, man, because next week I'm getting a new one. You wouldn't have the same attitude if that, unless that was your only car. You know what some of us, our problem is? We have the attitude that this is, this is it. This is it. So life beats us up, depresses us, our body hurts, and people are a pain, and we just get all discouraged. This ain't it, people. This is just a little bit. A little 70-year special, except for my mom-in-law, 91, a couple weeks. All right? Then it gets really good. God, thank you for the study. Thank you for the joy that lays before us. Oh, my. That what Jesus has done so that we can spend eternity with you overwhelms us. Oh, oh thank you. And God, forgive us for spending so much time worrying about this life and this body instead of using what you've given us.
to help other people make reservations. I'm thankful for that one that told me about Jesus. Helps to be faithful to witness. That's what you've asked us to do, and that's what you've left us here to do. Help us to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.